in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Great show for you today. The pitfalls of hitching your financial plans to simple, even traditional rules of thumb. Why they may not work and why your plan should be unique to you. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome aboard to the Get Ready for the Future show. Glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman. Along with me today, John Shrewsbury and Teresa Arago in the other room. Good morning to you both. Good hey, Scott. Morning. Good to have you guys in there as well. Uh, and an interesting show today. You know, we're going to be talking about some financial rules or I guess rules of thumb could be applied to this. I use the word traditional in the open because they've been around for a long time. And, and they're mm-hmm. so arbitrary that if you really kind of dissect them, you probably wouldn't think that I should hitch my wagon to this entirely but if we got to thinking about sayings you heard maybe maybe going back to when you were a child right I mean Mm -hmm. there there are some pretty famous ones and we're going to get to some that everybody will uh, know and they will resonate with but I got to share one that's going to be crazy to you to start with okay? okay okay all right so I had a babysitter when I was younger that watched me while my mom was working and she told me when she got ready to give us our lunch that if you drank white milk that you'd grow up to have white hair on your chest. <laughs> and if you drank chocolate milk, you would have dark hair on your chest. <laughs> All right? So I drank a lot of chocolate milk when I was a kid. Didn't work, did it? <laughs> well, it did for a while. And as you get older, <laughs> I guess maybe I switched to white milk, and that's what it all went south, right? I'm guessing but, you didn't have any sisters, because that uh, wouldn't really work. No, <laughs> she just told the boys that, right? <laughs> but, I mean, you know, now that's crazy as that sounds. And I don't think, I mean, but I did believe it for a time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can throw sure. anything out there to a child, and, and I don't want to liken an investor to a child, but sometimes if you don't know the whole story and the whole picture, there, there's some truth to that. You might believe some crazy sayings. Yeah, cow tipping, you know? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Wait, yeah. that's not a yeah. thing? <laughs> well, yeah. it kind of is, but it doesn't well, work out like people tell you it's going to. Yeah. Well, I know one of the ones that's on our list, I actually have a funny story, and I'll be quick, but the five-second rule, I jokingly taught my two-year-old niece, who's now 21 and just had a baby, um, that, that that was a thing. And, and, you know, it was just a joke between us because she would spill stuff constantly. So it was my way of just being like, just pick it up, eat it, five second rule, no big deal. Until she went to the mall with my mom a few days later and dropped a piece of candy on the floor, raised it in the air, screamed uh, five second rule, and threw it in her mouth. Oh, there you go. Yep. And, and I got in trouble. And I'm yeah, sure it was I'm a sure. sticky piece of candy that collected <laughs> everything in less than five seconds. <laughs> yes. Right? But she lived to tell about it. She lived to she tell did. about it, but yeah. my mom was not happy with me. Sometimes, you know, if you think about live to tell about it, sometimes rules like that uh, you can live over, if you will, or, or live through or live to tell about. Sometimes, maybe not. You know, you, you think about uh, an apple a day will keep the doctor away. Uh, obviously, if you don't ever go to the doctor, it's probably not going to work out real well for you. But, <laughs> but uh, Or just eat the apple, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the intent of the saying there, right? Just but, healthy food. But, yeah, absolutely. Yes. But. But, I, you know, Scott, I think that I 
commonly call these rules of thumb rules of dumb when it mm-hmm. comes to finances because it's really, you know, somebody has sat around and made up this rule to try to make something make sense to people. But in the in the process, they've kind of thrown the baby out with the bathwater, to use another phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really want to throw the baby out the window at all, period. Uh, that's I don't know where that ever came from. But uh, anyway, the, the key here is that because uh, just like, uh, you know, the five-second rule, just because there's a 4% rule in finance doesn't mean it's a good thing mm-hmm. to be doing. Right. Yeah. It, it's just oversimplifying, I think. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing is if is we, we're working with, with folks who have potentially done a fantastic job of saving in their pre-retirement work life. And when it comes to retirement, they're trying to figure out how to take money out of their 401k or out of their IRAs or out of whatever they've saved. And they don't they don't have a clue i mean that, that we see that every day folks come in and that's right. the number one question they don't they don't know how to do that so this oversimplifies in the four percent rules case and we're going to go over some other but they oversimplify the process and that can get you in trouble well it can and you know i think if you begin to to bore down with people a little bit about this and ask you know what is my what is my objective here well for almost everybody that i know their objective is they don't want to run out of money before mm-hmm. they run out of life mm-hmm. yeah. and that's something that that really does not equate to any kind of rule of thumb it's way more sophisticated it's way more complex than that and people just don't like to burn up brain power thinking about things that are that complex they really want somebody else to do that and And i think that just like everything else out there there are some things that they're harmless if you apply them you might be okay but there is a lot of misinformation out there too there are people who make their money by putting information out there and it may not make sense for you specifically or at all and it's hard to find a way to filter that information if you don't know where to ask i I hate scott to kind of channel current controversy but but you know there's a there's a lot of stuff out there in the media these days about politics and Mm -hmm. about you know just about anything and and there is this thought of you know we're being lied to about stuff and and i there is obviously that that thought process that if you tell a lie often enough it becomes regarded yes. as the truth. Mm. And I think sometimes these financial sayings are rules of dumb, as I like to call them. Uh, people think that they're true because they've heard it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, pundits won't stop saying it. You know, I, we're not we're not shy about, you know, criticizing Dave Ramsey for his 12% mutual funds and his 25% allocation to four mm-hmm. asset classes. That's just not the right thing to do. But he keeps saying it so much that people believe that that's the right thing Thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's really not the right thing to do. It's not far off from the right thing yeah. to do, but it's certainly not the right thing to do, especially for everybody. Well, and it's outdated is a big yes. part of it. You know, yes. There's things that worked 15, 20 years ago that don't work now because the market is different. Finances are different. What your needs are will be different than your grandparents' needs or your parents' needs were. So you have to have something that's unique. And it's hard to get that if you're just going out there and picking some random idea and applying it to you. You know, it's very similar to what we talk about often on the Get Ready for the Future show, that there's no magic bullet investment. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we, right. we talk a lot about if you go to a, see a financial advisor and they tell you this is what you need to be in before they know anything about you, you need to get up and you need to leave the room because mm-hmm. it is a it is a unique situation that you're in with tons of variables so when you accept that there's no way that you can hit an easy button and apply Mm -hmm. some arbitrary rule 
to everything you're going to do, whether in pre-retirement or retirement. Scott, in full uh, transparency, we uh, we at GenWealth always are trying to improve our, our skills, mm-hmm. sharpen our saw and what have you. We've been going through some pretty intensive training on a financial planning software that w- that we use. And when you understand all of the variables that are involved in any one financial plan, yeah. it is mind-blowing how many different ways that that plan can be tweaked and small tweaks make a big difference. They do. It's it's insane how many different variables any individual family may have and how many, you know, I've spent hours tweaking a plan before I even met with a client to realize that it's it has to be a collaboration because they have to know how each thing affects each piece and if they know that they're empowered to make a better decision. But if they don't have those good unique tools then they might be okay but they could be better. Scott, here's here's the bottom line to this segment. Uh, you know, if you're thinking about financial independence, and that's really where you should be going in this, if you're thinking about financial independence and really desire to be financially independent, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's complex. It's it's complicated. Life is complicated. And there's no quick one-size-fits-all uh, methodology or resolution to anybody's financial plan. And I think that we all really do uh, crave customization. We Mm -hmm. want things to be customized to us. You definitely want your financial plan to be customized to you because if it's not, then it's going to be like that pair of shoes that just doesn't fit just right. It'll sit in the closet. I've got a ton of shoes in my Mm -hmm. closet that they just don't fit just right or something happened. And I don't know that I would love to be able to get rid of them, but uh, I'm stuck with them. And you could be stuck with a financial plan that doesn't work for you if it's not customized. Mm -hmm. Financial rules that uh, are out there, you may have heard heard we don't want you to hit your wagon to them you should ditch them now that's the subject of today's get ready for the future show and we will go through a couple of those rules right after this words of caution today over these financial rules that are out there that you may or may not have heard of. So we're actually preempting for you if you have not heard of them. Before you have heard of them, don't hit your financial plans to an arbitrary rule because your financial plan should be as unique as you are. That's our theme today. And education is our passion at Genwell Financial Advisors. And there's another opportunity for you to learn. We hope that you learn something by listening to the Get Ready for the Future show every time you tune in. We have other opportunities for you to gain financial knowledge. And there's an upcoming webinar. We're calling it the IRA Boot Camp. It's next week, March. No, that's two weeks still. I'm sorry. I was really moving the calendar ahead. Wow. Mar- wow. March. Well, here's the deal. March 10th is my birthday, so it ah. makes sense that ah, I would hurry. want the calendar. Now we know what mm-hmm. the deal is. Well, from a celebration standpoint, and the you, age part, maybe not. Did you notice how he got that plug in for his birthday? I so we're that. sure to not mm-hmm. have any excuse not to get yes. him a present. Yes. Mm-hmm. It will actually be on a Wednesday. We will be on the Get Ready for oh, the Future wow. show. So if you want to do anything special... You could start making your plans now. Anyway, can can we, uh, Casey? Can we be sure that we don't uh, trigger the fire department with all the candles that will oh be my. necessary there? I'm we'll just, warn them first, just you, in case. Do you really want to go there? No, I okay. really don't. Okay, just keep going. March 9th. Anyway, the IRA boot camp is March 9th at six thirty. Now, it's going to be limited attendance. This is a webinar, so we need you to sign up, and it will be capped on the attendance side. So mm-hmm. you want to reserve your spot by going to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events. Again, it's our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash 
events. Sign up is free, no mm-hmm. cost to attend. Great education opportunity to learn about IRAs, what they can do for you in, as a savings tool, as a savings uh, uh, a way to accomplish your savings goals, and also uh, what they can do for you as distribution in retirement. All right, so number one on our list of financial rules that you should ditch now if you're thinking about attaching your financial plans to one of these oversimplified rules, it's called the multiply by 25 rule. And this one's probably not as common as, say, the 4% rule that we're going to get to later in this segment. But this rule was developed as kind of a supposed easy way to determine how much you need to save for retirement. So here, here's some, here's some or have in retirement, I should say. So the rule assumes... Let's use some math here that you're going to live 25 years in retirement. It also assumes your yearly expenses in retirement should remain the same every year. There's a big, big problem. Uh, so if you need $40,000 to live on each year, right, that's that's your assumption. If you, de- you decide that, how much do you need to live on? Multiply that by 25. So $40,000 times 25 years equals a million dollars, okay? So that's basically the simply simple version of the multiply by 25 rule is you need a million dollars for retirement. Scott, I broke out the famous Carl Uh-oh. Rove whiteboard here, here. So <laughs> if you go through your math, 40,000 times 25 is a million dollars. And supposedly that will that million dollars will produce that $40,000 in income. Here's the problem and you alluded to it, Scott, 40,000 today 15 years down the road, it's going to be worth about Mm -hmm. 20,000. So think about that. Are you ready for a decline in your standard of living 15 years into your retirement? And that's not one that just falls off the cliff in 15 years. It is a slow and steady decline because of the rate of inflation. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge problem there. And so you've got to understand that just because you have this multiply by 25, it'll give you sort of a general idea, but it's really not necessarily indicative of what you're going to need as far as retirement is concerned. And can we back up to how long it said? Because I think that is something a lot of people have a misunderstanding on. How many people have you had come in and you say, okay, how long do you think you're going to live? And they go, oh, I'm not going to live long. Mm. That's not true. The statistics are against you on that. If you reach a certain age, you're likely to have a 30-year-plus retirement. And most retirees have reached that age cutoff when you look at the research. So if your plan is only 25 years, well, then what? What are you going to do after that point? What's going to be the income stream after that? Hey, we all think that we're not going to live very long. I can remember when I was in my 20s, I was I was going, I'd be lucky to make it to 36. You know, this <laughs> is, this is uh, you know, of course, you do things in your 20s that, mm-hmm. you know, you probably wouldn't make it to 36 if you did them very often. But anyway, the, the, the point here is that longevity is something that you've got to think about. And what you're really thinking about is not necessarily just your longevity, mm-hmm. but it is your and your spouse is longevity. And mm-hmm. frankly, if you have people that you want to leave some money to, uh, it's even greater than that. Because, you know, obviously, if you could just calculate the day that you die and go, okay, I'll spend all my money by that day, that would be great. But that's usually not the case. And so mm-hmm. you've got to p- have some cushion or some pad in there to take up for that longevity uh, question mark that's out there. And we- as you mentioned, when we're talking about inflation, it's about your dignity. Because if you are used to a certain level of living, you're going to lose that over time if your income can't increase with inflation. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to keep that dignity and independence. We are fond of saying in our meeting rooms in West Little Rock that if you can tell me your date of death, we can build you the perfect retirement (laughs) income plan, right? Right. Nobody knows that. And you Mm -hmm. can assume 
that you're going to die earlier rather than later. And maybe you're right, but doesn't it make sense to plan for a longer life and not need it mm-hmm. versus planning for a short life and living longer? That's the, the takeaway there. So longevity is a big risk that all retirees were, will face. And inflation risk was something we addressed there too that you addressed there too that you wouldn't work 25 years even if you make that 25 year retirement you wouldn't work 25 years at a job and never get a raise so mm-hmm. why would you expect to live in retirement for 25 years and never get a raise John talked about the lose, losing of the buying power it also doesn't really include I guess the assumption here is no social security no pension there's no guaranteed income that's going to offset that forty thousand dollars i guess it's all extra uh, above and beyond that Uh, so there's just all kinds of arbitrary problems with with the multiply by 25 rule and we've highlighted the top two there the inflation thing by the way did did want to mention some numbers on that uh limra secure retirement institute constructed a model demonstrating the effect inflation could have on the average Social Security benefit over a period of 20 years. Uh, you know, and we know that's not going to keep up, right, your Social Security. Mm-hmm. According to its research, a 1% inflation rate could swallow up $34,406 of retirees' benefits. If the inflation rate were to increase to 3%, the shortfall would total more than $117,000. So you've got to prepare for your assets to be your source of inflation-adjusted raises. Yeah, clearly uh, inflation is a big thing in in retirement, and you've got to be able to keep up with that. And Scott, I think that really does transition us very well into the 4% rule, which is something that we've kind of touched on a couple of times Mm -hmm. during the broadcast today. The 4% rule is one of those things that people try to simplify the withdrawal process uh, for sustaining retirement income. And basically it goes like this. If you've got a million dollars, 4%, $40,000 a year. That works until the market drops. Yeah. You have a market drop of 20% down to $800,000. Your 4% now produces $32,000. Mm-hmm. Teresa, I don't know that you really want to have your an, income cut yeah, by 20%. An $8,000 a year decrease. My light bill didn't go down just because the market is struggling. My house payment, if I have one, is not going to go down. So my income can't be adjusting like that either. And the flip side of that 4% rule is something when this was created, a lot of people used a 60-40 split to their investments. It was 60% equities, 40% bonds. But bonds were getting a lot more than they are now, and people weren't living as long as they are now. So those dynamics have changed too. So you've kind of got this compounding issue if you're trying to use that 4% rule that's not going to be beneficial to you. And Scott, you, you think about this, you go, well, I, I just will, will take my $40,000. Well, now you are busting the 4% rule. Yeah. Now you are withdraw, over-withdrawing, and you are in danger of actually depleting that portfolio a lot faster. And mm-hmm. we all know that, that there are times that the market takes a dip down and then Mm -hmm. comes back up. But then there are also times like 2000, 2001 and 2002, where the market just precipitously dropped for those three years. And that makes this type of of scenario a disaster for you Mm -hmm. in retirement. You've got to have a different plan. You've got to have a way of not taking on that sequence risk. One other thought about this, and Scott, you and I were talking about this prior to the show, that 60-40 split Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the bond portfolio thing is is a real, real problem these days. Mm -hmm. And and when you think about the fact that you've got more volatile markets on the equity side Mm -hmm. right now, and then you have 
interest rates that are beginning to turn upward. And the, the fact is, is that bond prices or the value of bonds will go down as interest rates go up generally, yeah. then you've got a real double whammy against that 4% rule. Yeah. I think the two big problems here with the 4% rule is the inconsistency of mm-hmm. your income. As Teresa, you pointed out that if, the, if you, you don't want to take more than 4%, so you'd have to take a pay cut if your portfolio goes down just after that first year. And then the investments that you guys are talking about, the danger of pulling out of the wrong places. Because it's not just about the how much here, which, mm-hmm. which is focused on when you say 4% rule. It's the where. What are you going to sell and when are you going to sell it to create that income? And I think that's a great point to, to pull out our income for life model strategy here in the bucketing. And rather than one big pie full of assets yeah. and you know, pro rata taking pieces of it out from some of it stock, some of it, in, uh, some of it income producing fixed income bonds, you have buckets of money. You have a very distinctly definitive place where you're taking money at any given time in your retirement. Scott, I think that, that when you think about managing risk in retirement, uh, there's a couple of methods that we use inside that income for life model in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. One is we transfer risk. Mm-hmm. We we offload that risk to a well capitalized insurance company that can take on some of the risk uh, because of what's called the law of large numbers, and that is a a real law that that actuaries use all the time. And so we offload some of that risk for your guaranteed income need to a company that can stand behind that guarantee. Then uh, the other method that we use is to manage that risk. And that's exactly where you're going with being sure that you're not selling something that is in a, a depleting type state, whether it's a downturn in the stock market, whether it's a rise in interest rates in the bond market, you want to have some powder dry revenue that you can, you know, outlast anything that may be going on as far as the equity markets or the bond market is concerned. And that is really very core to the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. If you'd like to learn more about the income for life model and the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, you can always give us a phone call, 501-653-7355. That is our main office number in Bryant, but it will get you in touch with an advisor near you, whether that's in Conway, uh, West Little Rock, Hot Springs, in Bryant, El Dorado, or Northwest Louisiana. We have a Gen Wealth office near you, 501-653-7355. You can also reach out, just send us an email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. So we're talking today on the Get Ready for the Future show, financial rules you should ditch now. We talked about the multiply by 25 rule and the 4% rule. We've got a couple more coming up next. There are sayings we all heard when we were kids, but after we grew up and matured and understood more about the ways of the world, we probably didn't believe them anymore. Do you really still believe the five-second rule that if it drops, a piece of food drops off the table and you pick it up in less than five seconds, it's okay to eat it? Or that chewing gum stays in your stomach seven years after you swallow it? Or an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Would we really have an all-apple diet and never go to the doctor? But there are financial rules that are out there that are just as simplified and just as believed by many people, but they could get you in trouble if you really adhered everything about your financial future to them. We talked in the last segment 
about the multiply by 25 rule. This rule just basically says if you have 25 years in retirement, that's the expected length of time you'll be in retirement, define how much you need to live on, let's say $40,000, and multiply that by 25, and you need a million dollars to retire. Fraught with problems that we discussed. And the 4% rule, just take 4% out of a balanced portfolio over time, and it'll always make more than that 4%, and you'll be okay. That works until it doesn't. In this segment, we're going to talk about the rule of 100. There are a lot of rules with numbers attached to them, if you notice. This rule states that an investor should hold a percentage of stocks equal to 100 minus his or her age. Okay, so quick example. If somebody who is 50, then they should, by the rule of 100, keep uh, 50% of their portfolio in stocks. And then when they turn 60, they should only have 40% in equities and okay. i can tell you i did the paraplanner course early in my career here at gen wealth and it was in my paraplanner training really this rule was in it wow. and i was shocked by that because of course this was my first exposure to financial planning and what it should look like and um, long before i was licensed and i remember thinking well that seems odd because that doesn't line up with what we do here and as i learned more it made more sense why it felt odd to me even naturally. Mm-hmm. Well, and Scott, I think that this is a rule that actually kind of maybe was birthed through the uh, bull market in bonds. If you think about mm-hmm. since the time President Reagan uh, came into office, what was that, in 1980, I believe it was? So we're now, what, uh, 40 years from yeah. that? We've had a 40-year bull market in bonds because interest rates have gone from way up here mm-hmm. to way down here. And so bonds, it wasn't uncommon to see, you know, nice returns in the bond market, 7 8 9%, sometimes even as much as a double-digit return sometimes as interest rates were falling. Yes. And, okay, maybe bonds made more sense during that time times change. Mm -hmm. This rule has not changed. It's still out there. It's still in that paraplanner course that that you were taking. And and it's just, it is antiquated and you cannot use that rule for your asset allocation. Mm -hmm. There are, I can tell you as I sit on the uh, Gen Wealth investment team with uh, Charlie Skinner and Tim Key, we go through all kinds of things that that, uh, with uh, our work with LPL Research on asset allocation change and how money should be appropriately invested for a client over time. Uh, Just today, I reallocated one of our clients to have more exposure to emerging markets. And this client is retired. Well, what in the world are you doing that for? Because it's a good time to be investing in emerging markets right now. Something certainly that, that, you know, uh, that 60-40 rule doesn't necessarily, you know, even speak to. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of problems with this because it's really tone deaf to what may be going on in the current environment in the market. It just says, okay, put 60% of your money in bonds and 40% of your money in stocks, I can almost guarantee you that's an equation to lose uh, some money on that 60% side going forward. And can we throw out how that ignores that there are a lot of other investments out there other than just stocks and and bonds? There are other vehicles that exist that might be a good fit for your plan, depending on what your goals are. Conversely to that paraplanner course that I took, I've been going through the, the RICP training, the Retirement Income Certified Professional Training, and they actually have made it very clear that it is not good to have too much bond exposure in retirement. Mm. They say somewhere between 40 and 70% is the sweet spot, depending on your unique circumstances. But some arbitrary rule, I mean, 
if you're 70, I guess you're supposed to only have 30% in equities. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it really does. And, and where this hurts, Scott, is that bonds are not a hedge against inflation. Bonds no. are just going to pay your money back to you with a little bit of interest. Uh, your inflation hedge really is going to be in the equity exposure and that long-term equity exposure. And, and I think that, that that is where you need to focus your attention on because that equity exposure does give you a fighting chance against rising prices. We spend a lot more time when Teresa talks about other asset classes, looking at those asset classes as a replacement to bonds because mm -hmm. of where we are uh, in the current interest rate environment. You think of things like real estate. Uh, that's one of the alternative asset classes we look at for our clients. So the assumption that there are only two out there, there's stocks and there's bonds, and that's all there is, that's the first problem. I think the biggest a problem with the rule of 100 that I see, though, is when you take a look at someone who is 60, if you're only going to put them 40% in equities, well, when are they going to retire? Are they, are they retired at 60 or are they going to retire at 70? This takes time horizon off the table. And that's mm -hmm. vitally important when you're determining how you're going to have an investment objective set up. Well, let me throw one other thing at you. You got you If you're going to retire and you've got Social Security and definitely if you've got a pension, mm -hmm. that's a fixed income asset. Yes. And so if you've got Social Security and pension providing income to you as a fixed income asset, right. then you're going to have an overload of fixed income if you get anywhere close to this bond mm -hmm. allocation. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was thinking of is that there's no understanding of the whole picture when you all of these rules that we're talking about really it's about understanding the whole picture because your risk tolerance is affected by what guaranteed income sources you have so you may need a little extra risk on this because you've got this other that is providing you what you need for guaranteed income and and your age is not taken into account as far as your actual retirement age like you mentioned yeah so there's so many little factors that make this one probably my least favorite of all the rules honestly yeah i, I think go, kind of really segues into our final one in this segment and it's, and it's really not necessarily a rule this goes to the saying you know this mm -hmm. this for me is right in there with an apple a day keeps the doctor away keep your money or keep your money safe in retirement that that's a common thought uh for many people who come into our office and so mm -hmm. you're taking that rule of 100 and saying only be 40 percent in equities by the time you're 60 and if you're retiring at 60 some people may say i don't want anything in anything Right. I just yes. I just want a cash reserve mm -hmm. uh, so that I don't lose money. Well, that's taking one risk off the table. You're yes. taking market mm -hmm. risk off the table, but you are assuming a few more. Scott, when you actually understand the dynamic of how the stock market works and what have you, you have about a 70% chance of making money in any one year and about a 30% chance of losing money in any one given year. Mm -hmm. You stretch that out to about 10 years and you've got about a 90% chance of gaining money and about a 10% chance of losing money. You go out 15 years and you basically have a 100% chance based on history of how the markets have performed. You've got about a 100% chance of making money. You go out 20 years and your average rate of return is somewhere, uh, worst case scenario, somewhere around 6%. And if you go out 25 years, that average rate of return, worst case scenario, is about 8%. And so you have to stack all the cards in your favor. If you're going to use equity money, use it for that long-term purpose. Understand mm -hmm. that you don't need to invest money that you're going to need in the next, say, 10 years or so in, uh, into equities because that's just not the place for it. Now, that says that 
the 10-year money can be, uh, 10-year and beyond money can be invested in equities, mm-hmm. but you should keep safe some of the money that you're going to need within that first 10 years of retirement or the next 10 years of retirement. And so it is a very dynamic asset allocation that's changing all the time. One of the things that we do is we will harvest gains out mm-hmm. of an equity portfolio and put them in fixed income uh, instruments and, and things that are not going to lose money so that you can bank that money, if you will, quote unquote, bank the money and be able to use it because the thing you don't want to do in retirement is allow the market to take away some profit that you achieved in a good market. When I think that you've you've dealt with something that, that is really important is purpose. If your investments have a purpose and you have that plan that you know how each piece works, you're more likely to just stick with it. I mean, how many times have you seen someone capture losses simply because they didn't stick to their strategy. I mean, how many people last year sold in March or April and missed the run up right afterwards because they didn't have a purpose to that investment and they chickened out because they didn't know what it was supposed to do and they were you know, having an emotional moment. Let me talk about purpose for just a second. I'll, I'll go on a little bit of a John rant here. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the purpose of somebody telling you to keep your money safe. Mm-hmm. The purpose is for them to get you to put money in their so-called safe investment so they will make a commission. That's the purpose of somebody keeping your money safe, if you will. They're not interested in your ability to outlast inflation. They're not interested in your ability to grow your money long term or anything of that nature. They're interested in getting your money. And it's really a head fake when it comes to giving somebody advice. Oh, you want to keep all your money safe. Mm -hmm. There are methods and ways of investing safely. And you've got to understand the difference between just a pure head fake of, oh, stick your money in this very safe, never going to lose a dime deal, but you will suffer for that down the road if you encounter inflation. And likely we're going to encounter inflation in the future because I just, I don't see any way around all the money that we're pumping into the economy. I just saw Mm -hmm. on my phone just a moment ago that they're really pushing for this $1.9 trillion stimulus. Look, too much money chasing too few goods and services Mm -hmm. is going to cause inflation. And that will cause rising interest rates, which will cause those fixed income investments to be worth less in the future. Our show is called the Get Ready for the Future show. Our website, getreadyforthefuture.com. And I think that when you think about playing it safe or you fall prey to someone who is telling you to play it safe and put your money here, it is A classic example of short-term thinking versus long-term thinking. Mm -hmm. Yes, it feels good to keep your money safe today, but long-term, that is not going to work out, and inflation is one of the big reasons why. And I think, you know, it's worth pointing out, too, real quickly here. We only have a minute left, but a lot of people will tell us that, oh, well, I'm not as worried about inflation because, you know, as I get older, I'm not going to need as much, right? So it may be that the cost of goods are going up, but I'm not going to be going as much, right? You have the the go-go years, you have the slow-go years, you have the no-go years. But in those no-go years, what are you going to need? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to need some health care. Yeah, there's, there's mm-hmm. no doubt. And I think the key word here is balance. Yeah. If someone is recommending all in on one end of the spectrum or the other, then you need to run from that. That mm-hmm. is not going to be helpful to you long term. Balance is the key to you having a successful retirement and having a shot at financial independence. Well, all these rules, these financial rules, if you've hitched your wagon to one of those, you really don't have a financial plan. So we're going to take a break and come back and talk about the importance of the plan dictating everything else. We'll take a break and be back in just a moment. 
Do you have plans to retire in 2021, or are you going to retire in five years, 10 years? Whatever your plan is, how do you know if you're on track for a successful retirement? We've got a way you can find out for free. Just go to 15minuteretirement.com, or you can text CHECKUP to this number. Write it down, 501-381-5228. Again, it's 501-381-5228. Just text the word CHECKUP, all one word, no, no hyphens check up to that number or you can visit 15minuteretirement.com should point out Janet would be very upset with me if I didn't it's 15minuteretirement.com not 15 spelled out so put the number 15 it is because they could go somewhere that we don't know where they're going to go or they go nowhere yeah but you can find out or if you're on track for a successful retirement in the time that it takes you to check your social media you can have a good indication about where you stand and then if you want to put a plan together and go through the get ready to retire process at GenWealth, you can call us 501-653-7355 or email info at getreadyforthefuture.com and set up a first appointment. That one's free as well, by the way. And we have offices in Conway, West Little Rock, Hot Springs, Bryant, El Dorado, and Northwest Louisiana. So we would have an advisor ready for you to sit down and have a free consultation. It's just really a conversation, I would say, would be the best way to describe that and see if we can move forward getting you ready to retire. So we've been talking today as we enter our final segment on the show about financial rules you should ditch now. We talked about multiply by 25, 4% rule, the rule of 100, and then the saying that you should keep your money safe or the belief, really, that people feel more comfortable keeping their money safe in retirement, but are they really? It all comes down to if you're going to hitch your financial wagon, guys, to a, a rule that is very arbitrary and outdated in many cases in nature, you don't really have a plan. Mm-hmm. You, you've just basically got a hope and a prayer is what you've got. So in our final segment today, we're going to talk about really the value of a definitive, robust, diverse, unique plan. That's what we do every day at GenWealth for our clients. Scott, I, I, before we jump into this part of the segment, we just got a question from a listener that said, what are the thoughts and plan if we see the system going into negative interest rates? Mm. Well, first of all, I, I don't know that we will see negative interest rates in the United States. There are several places around the globe that are uh, in a negative interest rate environment, but, but clearly then fixed income is not the place to be because you're paying mm-hmm. somebody to hold your money. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that doesn't make any sense. You're not making anything. You're actually losing something. So fixed income doesn't make any sense. But let's talk about uh, what I talked about right before the break, and that is the, that whole classic setup for inflation. Inflation is what basically causes the Fed to increase interest rates. It causes the bond market to increase the demand for interest on fixed income instruments. And so the classic setup of inflation is too much money uh, in the economy. If you take a look at the M2 money supply, uh, it has skyrocketed over the last six months to a year. and Actually, probably a year and a half or so. And so the money supply, there is a ton of cheap money out there. We have across the globe a suppressed economy. So we're not producing as many goods and services as we have in the past. If you have too much money t- chasing too few goods and services, 
It's a classic setup for inflation, and I believe inflation really is uh, an indicator of higher interest rates in the future. So I don't think it's going to be a problem, but definitely you would not want to be in fixed income in a negative interest rate environment. So Sorry we're likely, for that. No, I, I like that. I was just going to say we're likely going the other way as opposed yes. to negative. We're likely going up, but I don't think that's going to take off the research and data we look at. We just talked about this a week or so ago on the fastest forward, John, that it's, we don't look at hyperinflation coming down the the road but we mm-hmm. do look like things it does look like things are going to be ticking up uh with inflation i would agree all right so the value of that plan you know we talked a, a lot about assumptions last week and how your that can hurt your financial future uh if you missed that show you can check out our podcast visit our website or find it on social media to listen so that's really an extension of what we've been talking about today. These financial rules are just assumptions that it's all going to work out if you hit your wagon to an arbitrary rule. But at, at GenWealth, we take a, an education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered approach by the planning process. It's called the ready-to-retire process. We mentioned it already that if you'd like to set an appointment, that first appointment is complimentary. But we're going to talk a little bit about what goes into that appointment. It really is a conversation. You come to the table and we we really have an expectation that you're going to talk more than we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a real difference in our industry. I think a lot of people expect to be preached to or uh, told what to do right away. And, and that really falls into everything we're talking about today, John, that you have to give us some data, some dreams, some goals, because it's going to be an outcome-based plan. The only paperwork that should be involved in a first appointment uh, of any kind that you're having with a financial advisor is a notebook or a what we call a fact finder, where we're listening. We're asking questions and we're listening to you. We need to know all about you. We need to understand clearly who you are, what you're trying to accomplish, and how, you're, how you've done that up to this point. We need to clearly understand that. And so we're going to ask a lot of questions. Now, you shouldn't feel like it's the Inquisition. We're just trying to get to know you and understand what your vision for retirement is, what your goals are, what are your wants, needs, and wishes in retirement, what are your concerns. And then from those conversations that we have, we begin to craft a plan. And so that first initial time that you sit down with an advisor, there should be way more talking on your part and way more listening on our part. And if that doesn't happen, you probably need to find a different advisor because you're probably not going to get something that's in your best interest. And let's be clear, the expectation is not that you're going to walk in the door a financial expert at all. We don't expect you to know how your 401k works 100%, but we'd like you to give us your understanding of what you're doing, of how that's working for you. Uh, mostly, what do you want? And, and then if we can answer some questions for you and give you some value there, that's great. But we're not going to walk in the door with an agenda, and we're certainly not going to expect you to understand how this process works because if you haven't spent years learning and honing this and understanding how money works and how you know what things to look for in retirement you're not going to walk in the door knowing what to do we don't expect that but we do want you to walk out feeling better about where you are and feeling more complete in terms of your understanding about how money works that Mm -hmm. is a huge part of of what we want to do we don't want you to necessarily know everything about you know, finances, that's obviously our job because that's what we do our, our entire working careers uh, center on educating ourselves about money. But we want you to know what you have and why you have it. And most importantly, 
what its purpose is and whether and what the benchmark is, so to speak, of it performing in the way that you expect it to perform. We're big on transparency, so ask mm-hmm. us anything about our principles, our process, our strategy in that first appointment so you can ask us questions and we're ready for that. And when I say us, I think it's important to point out that you'll pro- more than likely meet with a team of advisors. There's going to yes. be two yes. in the room. That is unique to GenWealth, I think, as well. So then what happens after appointment one? If you decide to move forward with the planning, we're going to go to work. We're going to go to a whiteboard with that team of advisors, and we're going to discuss different ways to create and customize a plan for you and then get back together with you a couple of weeks later and present that plan, a personalized plan on paper, on purpose, that's more than just investments. It's more than just hoping it all works out. It is a specific I'm fond of calling it a dynamic, robust income plan. You're going to know to the dollar what you need to invest where and how much income it's going to bring to you. Yeah, can that- we also add that it's it's not something that is static? You know, the, the planning yes. process is not something where you come back, we've got all the answers, and boom, it's done. Because your life is going to likely change. Your goals might change. So it has to be fluid with you. That's why the communication is so important and why we ask so many questions, so that we can build that rapport so we're ready to adjust when time comes for that. We have those regularly scheduled appointments mm-hmm. with you to update, find out what's happening in your life, and if there's something going on that we need to adjust from a financial standpoint, then we're certainly going to take that action. But it is all part of the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. It is something that we have crafted over the years to be sure that we cover all the bases. And Scott, I will say that's even a trademark process. And so you have the opportunity to have that experience here at GenWealth Financial Advisors. You heard the bell. It seems to come on John more lately. (laughs) I don't know if that is indicative of his speaking. Long-windedness or something like that. Potentially. But that is uh, indicative of that our show is almost out of time so it gives us a couple of minutes to go to our final thoughts Teresa, we'll start with you you're unique your needs are unique your goals are unique your plan has to be unique too and it needs to be in alignment with that so get yourself some help and and get that plan in place the rule of 25 multiply by 25 the four percent rule the rule of 100 keep your money safe Those all ought to, after this show, after listening to this show, those ought to all be danger signals to you. If someone says, hey, here's the way that you need to manage your finances going into retirement, just follow these rules. You need to ditch those rules because they really don't have you in mind. They are generalities that have been made up over the years to try to explain concepts to people, but they really do not explain anything about your retirement plan. I've got a feeling as I go to my final thought that uh, something we said in this show today resonated with you, got you thinking maybe once, maybe that you want to learn a little bit more about something we said. And so my final thought is, is it doesn't have to end when this show ends. There's a couple of different things I want to tell you about. Are you on track for retirement? You can go to 15minuteretirement.com. That's 15minuteretirement.com or text checkup, the word checkup, all one word, to 501-381-5228 for your free retirement checkup. And don't forget about our webinar. Our IRA boot camp is coming up March 9th at 6.30. Limited attendance, though, so we want you to register and make sure your place is reserved for that webinar. Just go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events to register for that. And, of course, the Get Ready for the Future show continues again next week. We hope that you will join us then. 
Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.